measure then sensor exploration? You do it in the lab, in the field. And I know that you've told a story about uh, like the brain machine in New York, where the participants were drinking at the same time as they were lying in the machine. I've tested one of those machines. I couldn't last a, a minute. And I've done uh, in-store music myself. And, and it's mostly in the stores because that is the experience, as you say, everything is happening at once, not just test the music itself. Well, a lot of the research we do is inspired by the brain science and the neuroscience. Um, and you know, 5% of the time we do stick people in the brain scanner to see how things are wired up for our basic research. Uh, when it comes to applied things, um, I don't really see there's much benefit to uh, neuromarketing, should we say, uh, as it's called, partly because it's it sort of, you know, it's, it's expensive and slow and doesn't answer subtle questions. And, and you know, if it, especially for food and drink, lying isolated in a tube with a, with a tube in your mouth as well, squirting <laughs> liquid that you can't swallow, that you can't really get the flavour of, is nothing like a real life. And hence, in our research, um, we try... And we go back 10 years and, and most of the experiments we did were done in the laboratory. We would invite some number of participants in and then ask them questions. Um, and as the years have gone by, that sort of shifted increasingly to online experiments where we can test a much greater number of people much more quickly. You know, uh, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, even on occasion of people uh, over the internet um, to pick up some of these connections between their senses. Um, and also a big one for us is uh, if you're working in the world of food and drink, maybe sometimes at least you want to give people actual things to taste and to smell. And for that, you need real people, but often you only need them very briefly. So uh, we do a lot of work at food festivals, music festivals, book festivals, uh, you name it, any kind of sort of you know, public gathering uh, where we can then collect lots of data uh, in the wild. It's a bit noisier, but we get you know huge numbers of people. And uh, for example, we've just been doing work with my colleague uh, Felipe uh, Reynoso Cavallo, sort of Brazilian, um, but doing a lot of work on sort of sound design and, and music to change the taste of chocolates. And there, uh, he's been over in, in the Far East, in Korea, and in Japan, um, and being able to test you know, 1,500, 2,000 people at these kind of festivals. Um, I, 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 and it sort of both collects then data. Uh, everyone gets to eat a chocolate or taste a beer or, or something like that. Um, and we get sort of data as well about how music affects the taste of the chocolate. People come out having had a chocolate and, and maybe thinking a bit more about how their senses connect. And that's a great way to collect data, I think, too. And it's now kind of this combined approach. And that really, well, in part, uh, my department in Oxford closed down and has been destroyed because of asbestos. So it wasn't really a physical lab. And of course, with COVID, there's virtually no in-person testing for the last year anyway. But as it happens, given that we've done more stuff online and, and in these sort of live event settings, that's um, the new normal. Uh, and the sort of way we do it then is uh, we might um, yeah, ask people to, if you've got them in person, we might give them a dark and a milk chocolate. If we're doing it online, we might say, imagine the taste of dark and milk chocolate. Uh, and then give them some shapes to pick and say, you know, which shape matches your taste experience of the milk chocolate, which shape or sound or texture or colour matches the experience of the dark chocolate. Ask lots of people the same question. Uh, 
see if there's any systematic patterns that sweet tastes are high pitched, bitter tastes are low pitch and dark and angular. The sweet is round and, and curvy and pink and uh, uh, probably more satin than, than velvet and um, pick up these associations or correspondences, I like to call them, uh, and then feed them into uh, the sense exploration events, working with uh, people like Steve Keller, who's taken here some of our findings and turned them into sort of nice to listen to uh, sonic seasoning. Or with Philippe too, he's sort of a sound designer, so he can create these great soundscapes or pick from the shelf pre-existing music that embodies some of these connections. Uh, we work with you know plateware designers, potters, uh, cutlery manufacturers, uh, typeface designers. Uh, increasingly, to try and take these findings and then put them into designed experiences or things, artifacts or products, uh, and then test again to see. Does this say sonic sweetener? If we're thinking about the musical case, does it really make things taste sweeter or not? And which of these different sonic sweeteners that that you know we've come up with or other people have come up with does the best job? Which is the sweetest music? Um, and it sort of goes that way. Um, so it's liberating in a way to be able to test far more people far more quickly over the internet and in, in these large scale events. It uh, offends a few in the traditional sensory science community who say that's not the way you need to have expert panelists who've been trained for years to share the same vocabulary of what they're tasting what they're smelling uh, but for us i think um no, the average person is who i'm interested in um and how we can modify their experience uh and, and understand them better through you know these sort of sensibilization ex experiment or maybe sort of multi-sensory experiential and experimental events um wow very, very interesting i agree with you you need to do the 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 consumers not the experts because it's the consumers that is actually using it mm -hmm.